Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, joined of course by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. And today is not Literature Friday, because that's not a thing. We don't do that here at the Reformed Dissenters. We we do discussion topic Fridays. That's, There's no that's way what we do in the history of this Friday. earth would that ever be a thing. No, I mean, that's insane. I mean, that, that just sounded insane. ludicrous right now. Literature and Friday, it just doesn't it, make any they sense. They don't mix. They're not. No, no. it's contradictory, no, it's really. Exactly. Yeah. Fridays and books. I mean, come on, son. Look, Anywho. books with, on Fridays. I, I apologize for my complete bafflement and insanity there. <laughs> Um, just had a Biden moment, I guess. So that was, it's rough, you know, old age, I guess. Old dementia. And dementia. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get on with our discussion topic Friday. If we can keep our words straight in our heads for the next 29 and a half minutes today, we I have, I think it's also quite... called, I'm sorry to come back to this, but I think it's also called unfit to lead. You can't let go of this. Please let it go before you. Uh, <laughs> you're probably right, though. I should just. I should quit now. There's. This is not oh, going to get better. Oh, no, not, I didn't mean that. That means that I'm unfit to lead. That's so true. That, That's true. I did not mean that. I see what's happening here. Are you vying for a position <laughs> that doesn't even exist? <laughs> yeah. You're Bruce, vying I want for your the, spot. The, I did, yeah, right. And I want yours. So. Boom, just like that. Boom. We've and, yep, traded okay. and everything feels different. The air is so yeah. much thinner up here. Yeah. We're both hosts different. like we yeah. before. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so today, if we can hold it together long enough, is discussion topic Friday. And the discussion topic of this here Friday which I'm going to repeat that phrase as many times as I possibly can discussion topic Friday, because I don't want to forget what that is. Yeah. I get it in my adult mind. So on this here discussion topic Friday, we are discussing discipleship and discipline and how to not get dementia on a Friday. That's right. That is our discussion topic for this day, which is full of fries Friday. Yes. And now I'm hungry for fries. But uh, lots here to discuss. All right. In this episode, we are going to McDonald's to grab fries. (laughs) Yes. And we're bringing our buckets. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's for after we eat the fries. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So um, (laughs) that face, uh, the face every chef is supposed to make. After the idea of eating McDonald's fries is even mentioned. Well, to be honest, of course, total grimace. All other, when it comes to fries, all other fast food restaurants paled in comparison to McDonald's because their fries are better than any of the others. No, Um, you have not had Culver's as much as I have. I think I can speak uh, to mm, the fact that Culver's mm, is infinitely better. (laughs) I feel like this should be a different discussion topic then. This is next week's Mm. discussion topic. You're getting a sneak preview. uh, Which fry is best? Yes, that's that's what we're. I'm going to be talking about this show is about. Indeed, indeed. So, <laughs> psych. It's not today's discussion. I know you were excited. I was too. I was getting very, am getting very hungry. Um, but that's not today's discussion topic. <laughs> Today, uh, we got a lot. I mean, Jake. I mean, how much time did you spend? How many hours writing this? There is, there's a lot here. There is. If a I was lot to be honest, it, it um, 
There is a lot, and it probably took don't undersell me, yourself. You, uh, I'm giving you like an opportunity hours. to make it seem like you've done. There is <laughs> probably like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's to be honest, the that's we not a lot. <laughs> Typically, I spend that's days fair. on trying stop, to stop put together it. something. Stop okay, talking. Okay. Oh, stop uh, now. <laughs> yeah, throw that key away. <laughs> so, um, but yes, I mean discipleship. Um, we're talking about discipling nations. We're talking about what it means to be a disciple. I mean, we just got a jam-packed full episode for you today. But first, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. And that we don't just do on Fridays. We actually do that all week long. So I actually got that straight. How about that? Our verse this whole week has been 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 14. And this verse says, if you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandments of the Lord, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord, your God, it will be well. Again, that's 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 14. Quite, quite the passage right there. We've been expounding and extrapolating all sorts of interesting observations on this passage throughout the week. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say that much because we wasted a ton of time talking about our favorite fast food chain, which we've collectively agreed is Culver's. But um, what I will I didn't say. I agree to that one. Is that, shut up. Just say it. Just oh, say yes. Oh, That's all nah, I need to do. Nah, nah, stop it. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> so, so what I will say on this is... Um, the thing that we've highlighted and we've actually, we put this in a social media post that went out on Monday. Um, we talked about it on Monday. We talked about it on Wednesday. It tied really well into our conversation on Monday about government overreach, all of that. Uh, the important, one of the key important parts of this passage is the King. If both you and the King who reigns over you will follow the Lord, your God, it will be well. And we focused a lot on that. Um, that's important. We can't overstate that. I know we talked about it all week. You're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. You can't overstate this. If you're at Talk a church, some other part of that, this verse, <laughs> come on, get creative guys. Bet, Make I something up our, if you have to. Yeah. I bet our audience is now like, Oh, now I see why they bring in two verses. <laughs> this is why. This no, is but this why. is actually intentional. Yeah, right. <laughs> I get it now. Next week, please, please do at least two, two verses. verses. We're begging you. <laughs> and we probably will. So there you go. You get your wish. But um, if you're at a church that does not think that the Bible needs to apply to civil government, that the Bible and civil government are synonymous, that in terms of applying the Bible to civil government, Bring up this verse. And if they come back with some fancy argument against it, we would absolutely love to hear that because we've faced a lot of these arguments as well <laughs> in our churches. So, you know, send them our way. TRD show at protonmail.com is where you can send all those crazy counter arguments to this passage and um, people who don't think that civil government should be reined in. All right. Enough said. I've spoken way, way too much. Jake, I'm so, so sorry. We can go over. And we probably will because, dude, you've got a lot to say. So take it away. Introduce your thing. Do what the Jake does best. So I titled this, in a sense, um, and if Bruce comes up with something better, which he always does, um, but I have <laughs> written down as a rough idea of what I title should be, um, is Discipleship and Discipline. Now, 
in this, this wasn't as exactly intentional, but as, when I was typing these words out, I was like, wow, they look very, very similar, right? Because they're basically spelled <laughs> yeah. the same exact way. I thought you were going to say, but, wow, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, to be honest. I typed I it out. I sat it. back in my chair. I steepled my hands and I went, wow, that was good. <laughs> I don't steeple hands. I have ADHD, oh. so I got to move them. I don't have ADHD. <laughs> I, it's not diagnosed, but I really feel like I no, do. But Jake, whatever, it's just the on. thing that the cool kids say. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. Um, but I, I want to break this down right, and talk about these two different things. Now, obviously, if you can't tell from the title, I have this into two sections, discipleship and then discipline. So discipleship, that's our what the first thing we're going to be talking about. And my subheader for this is bringing a culture back from the brink. And Bruce and I have talked about before about discipleship, and I, I do believe we have even done a discussion topic on it. Um, however, I want to briefly summarize uh, what discipleship is and what it means for a nation to be on the brink, right, and, and how we bring it back, right? And we've talked about before uh, that disciples, like the disciples in the New Testament, are meant to go out into the world discipling nations and people. Uh, and that is what, what we get directly from Matthew tw 28, uh, with the Great Commission in going therefore, or therefore go. That's what I would rather say. <laughs> um, but what should a disciple of Christ look like? Uh, to which I have gone into an even deeper section of what is a disciple. Uh, and oh, I've yeah. broken this up into five sections. The first one being, a disciple will be unapologetically Christian. And my verse for this is Mark 8, 34 through 38. Go look that up. Mm. I am not going to state it. But the, in a sense, these verses are my proof text to say here is what makes a disciple from a biblical sense. And, and you might want to follow up on that proof text. He does, after all, like McDonald's fries. So I don't know how much mm. you can trust what yeah. he says. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I do have to say, uh, like we have set as our mission for this show, do not listen to us. We are not the experts. Also, don't listen to the Especially experts. Especially um, if we like McDonald's fries, then you really should start to question some of the things we're saying. You know? Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Um, <laughs> but, but a disciple will be set apart from the world and they will show their Christian beliefs in everything they do and, do and say. And like what I was saying on Monday, because we are set apart from the world, we are then hated by the world. So in turn, a trait of a disciple of Christ should, should be is that we are hated by the world, right? A disciple of Christ will be hated by the world. Um, and to those that have an argument against me that, well, what if the world doesn't hate us? I could be staunch and dogmatic and say, well, then you're not a disciple, but I'm not going to say that because that is, that is a little too rough. Well, uh, but you know, there's two. One thing, I know you have a lot to say. I'll make this like 30 seconds, I promise. Oh, yeah, yeah, I swear. Yeah, that's fine. When it, when it says the world, there's two two ways that the well, there's a couple of ways, but two that I'll bring up. 
that the Bible, that the word world is used two different ways, at least. One, it's describing the earth, right? John 3, 17, for he did not come, uh, you know, to, to destroy the world, but that the world through him would be saved. It's talking about the earth. It's talking about everything on the earth, the undoing of the curse. Then there's the verse that talks about the God of this world. That's not talking about the God of this earth. That's talking about the God of the people who are of this quote unquote world, the people who are of a worldly mindset, the people Mm. who are acting in a worldly way where they love the things of this world more than they love God. And so there's two ways to think about that. So this is not saying if, if everyone on earth hates you, then you're doing it right. This is saying if those worldly people who are against Mm -hmm. God hate you for his sake, that's where you want to be. That's the sweet spot right there. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. And I was going to make this whole, um, qualifying my statement, but I'm not going to do that anymore because Bush just did it. So (laughs) no, 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 no. That's great. That's great. Now I don't have to qualify. (laughs) All right. Uh, (laughs) But, um, (laughs) number two, a disciple follows God, right? And my proof text for this is John 8, 31 through 32. Um, a disciple will be someone who is in God's word and will be living out his law in all areas of their life, right? Mm. Someone looking to set their life apart from the world by following Christ. That is a disciple, someone who is willing, who is looking to set their life apart from the world. And by doing that, and, and in a sense, someone who dissents against popular ideas, pop, popular See, I'm in the same boat as you, Bruce. Uh, popular <laughs> ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview, perhaps. Maybe, maybe. those. Just as a for instance. You know, Christ, just you know, totally random maybe. example. Yeah. <laughs> but huh, I move on. Um, number three, not a baby Christian. Important, important this one. Uh, John 15, 5 through 8. Um, a disciple should bear fruit and show good works. This is, I, I, hopefully, there is no one who, who is going to attack me for believing in work salvation because I am not talking about salvation. I am talking about being a disciple, not salvation. Uh, if Jake, you have done. I thought you were a Calvinist, man. Come on. What, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> if you have done the first two tenets that I mentioned before, then this one should just follow. This one should just be happening. Because if you are learning God's law and learning to apply it to your life, then you will be bearing fruit and doing good works. It just follows. It's just going to happen. Um, if you are following the first two. Mm-hmm. Number four, community-oriented. Uh, now, my proof text for this is John 13, 34 through 35. A good Christian disciple will want to be a part of a community of believers and love his fellow brethren. That's a given. That you, having Christ-like love, you will love that not only, and in that we not only love our enemies, right? But how much more should we then love our brethren? Uh, and being part of a community wanting to help other people in in the Christian faith, 
right? The, the church takes care of its own first before it goes outside, you know, that, and that's in a sense, that's what this is. That's a disciple is someone who loves the other Christian believers. Number yep. five. That's great. Um, growing the kingdom. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. What Disciples this passage? Dude, be, I've never heard this before. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> and this one is a very interesting one. Uh, it is <laughs> so one of the most important one of, um, because it is the Great Commission, saying, therefore, go into all the world, making disciples of other nations. Disciples should be, like I said before, growing the kingdom of God by discipling other people. That can be through them being unapologetically Christian by following the first tenant uh, and bringing people into the church by just them acting different, by them acting Christian. It, it happens to change people and say, hey, we want to be like that person. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Seems like the Bible verse on that one. Uh, but oh. however, however, discipleship is not evangelism. And I will give it over to the Bruce to discuss this one. Yep, your notes say Bruce talks. So here's yes. Bruce talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh -oh. um, dude, may I just say, this is superb. The amount of laying out you did here and the points and the backing up and oh, this is, this is awesome. I love this. Um, okay, discipleship and evangelism, comparing the two. Both are important. Both are things that should be done by the church. However, if you neglect one for the other, you're failing as a church. If you think your job is to go out, collect a few souls to uh, save them into heaven, and then you're done. Maybe, oh, you know what? No, no. Okay, my bad. Nah, that's a bit harsh. You're not done yet. Uh, you need to start a Bible study once a week that dies in a couple months because no one's really interested in what's being taught because it's not practical then you're done. So that's not, uh, that's not so fire right. insurance. <laughs> right. Exactly. Fire insurance. Right. You're not just bringing people into the church so they can sit there and give you money. You're bringing people into the church so that they can go out and bring more people into the church or, and, and not, or, and disciple their nation, which means that the goal of evangelism is not just to water down the gospel to a point at which it's palpable for someone. Right. The point of evangelism is not to say, okay, well, what's going to, what are people going to like? What's acceptable? Um, how, what, how do we say the right words? How do we do things the right way? Ultimately, who saves them? God does. Who changes their heart? God does. Who brings them to himself? God does. That's what Calvinism means. We have nothing to do with it. He uses us sometimes and we want to be ready for that. But at the end of the day, it's not our arguments. It's not what we say. It's not what we do. Now, we are told to act certain ways. But that's not how, evangel how we should look at evangelism. Now, on the flip side, when we evangelize people, they go and disciple the nation. When we go downtown into whatever city you're living in, you're in maybe a town, and your church says, all right, we're going to sidewalk, sidewalk preach. Okay. You go out. You give out tracts, you talk to people, you bring them in, you have discussions, you have debates, you do whatever, right? They come to church on Sunday. What do they need to hear? Do they need to constantly hear the gospel message, limited gospel mm -hmm. message? Or do they need to learn what it's like to live now that they're saved? Or what it would be like if they were saved, right? 
or if they did start living according to the Bible. So that's what a discipleship is. How do I live like a Christian? And that's dramatically important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I move on because we have 10 minutes left. We do. Uh, Yes. But moving on to the second part, which was the whole part of this episode. I didn't mean for it to take so long with the um, discipleship, but it's a great review. It's a great review. Uh, This one, discipline. And my header for this one, subheader, is keeping a culture from the brink. So discipleship is keeping a nation, is bringing a nation back from the brink. This is keeping a culture from the brink, from even getting there. And if if you are, you know, in reformed Calvinistic, theonomistic, that a word? I don't know. Post millennial I mean, circles. Might be. Yeah, you know, it's it's a word. <laughs> it's a it's it's not a word, but I made it, so it's there. Um, so accept. If you have accepted, if if you have been in any of those circles, then you will have probably heard of how to save a culture, or how to take a culture that is either on the edge of collapse or even has collapsed and bring it back to God. Um. And before I move into all this, I do want to say that I am not the arbiter of truth truth on this. Um, You're not? There are multiple people who have ideas and who can explain this or who have have other ideas on how to keep a culture. And I think discipleship is a part of keeping a culture. That is also how you keep a culture. Um, But... This is one way that I think we have lost and we need to think about again. But in Christian history, we have shown we have we should see that Christians have gotten have gotten down how to bring a culture back. Right. Uh, for example, my, my biggest example is Rome. Rome was a nation that, well, if you look at Romans one, it was not a godly or pure nation. It was one of pure evil, not God's word. However, not long after 70 AD in the persecutions of the persecution of Christians, the, those Christians took it for Christ under the reign of Constantine. So even a desperately wicked nation like Rome can come back from the brink and the Christians did that. So I'm pretty sure Christians know how to reform a nation. The question is, can we keep one? And recently, recent history would state, no. We have failed at keeping a nation Christian for any extended period of time. I, I think the longest a nation has been Christian was America. Um, but even so, Rome. Rome was Christian for a very long time. I, I don't know the exact numbers on those, but those were the two biggest examples of it, of Christian nations that survived for a decent long time um however they have fallen today and and could not stand up and and they couldn't stand up against satan's armies of evil so how do we keep a nation christian and this is this is my disclaimer here uh i didn't mean to put it in earlier but i will restate it again there are many ways christians can do this and among the theonomists 
theonomistic, I will say it again, post-mill groups, <laughs> there are many points and arguments on keeping a nation from falling away from Christ. And I do not claim uh, my facts or my points are gospel truth, but that what I have observed from our culture is an issue and that needs to be focused on. And this is a possible way to keep a culture from going to the brink. And that issue is discipline. What is discipline? By a basic Google search, which I really love going back to, uh, discipline <laughs> is training, training expected to produce a specific character or pattern of behavior, especially training that produces moral or mental improvement. And while I don't disagree with this definition, I, I, I think Christian discipline can add a little more to it. First of all, one of the biggest lies of our culture is that rules do not allow for fun or that fun and rules are opposites, that they are uh, not synonymous. That is not true. Tyrannical rule is wrong and cannot be fun. And, but God's rules are easy and can allow for his people to be happy. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heaven, heaven, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. Uh, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. A verse we have probably heard before. And very much so, Christ's yoke is easy. And what I brought up on Monday, uh, we can come back to, that the the town in the water Watertown, Wisconsin, had thousands of ordinances, right? Mm. Christ has 10. Christ has 10 <laughs> laws. Right. And those are those are the main ones. There are some there are some subdivisions of that in the case laws, but compared to thousands and even on a national level millions of laws, yep. his yoke is very easy. From mm -hmm. what I have seen, chaos, which is the absence of rule, law, and order, is not fun. Chaos is not fun. It is frantic and chaotic. If you are at someone's house having dinner and, and the hosts are running about frantically, that is not a fun time. That is a worrisome time that these people have no clue what's going on. That these people <laughs> don't know what they're doing and a house could burn down. <laughs> uh, maybe. That's a thought. Um, but we are Christians Sorry, we are creatures of order because God is a God of order. That is why we feel like that in chaotic situations. People lose their minds in chaotic situations, right? If things are frantic around you, it is hard to think. Believe me, I work in a restaurant where it is chaos all the time. It's hard to think. Chaos is not something we are used to or that we were designed to endure. Chaos is not something that a Christian nation should strive for. 
Colossians 2, 5 says, For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. 1 Corinthians fourteen forty. But all things should be done decently and in order. 1 Corinthians 14.33 For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. 1 Titus 1.5 This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what rem remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. Hmm. Hopefully that is enough evidence to show that God is orderly. God is a God of order. Specifically, I think, most importantly, 1 Corinthians 14.33 that I brought up before. God is not a God of confusion. Chaos. Chaos is confusion. Uh, letting in, To put this into another analogy, I, I love analogies and I do it a lot. But <laughs> letting a child do whatever they want does not make that child have fun. It, 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 our culture has told us that it, it's fun, but it's not. Letting a child run out into the street when there are cars coming is not going to be fun. And you saying, well, I have no rules, so I can't tell him not to. <laughs> no, no, that's dumb. Yeah. But not only is it not fun, letting a child or nation in this sense run chaotically is not suitable for their soul or culture. Hmm. I want to bring this to another analogy. Again. Um, in a restaurant. right? If waiters and waitresses are running around frantically. You would not see that place as hospitable. Or at least. You would say. Oh I guess they are busy. Let me go somewhere else. You do not see them as being a business. Who can handle many people. Right. They're chaotic. Yeah. Chaos is not something that is seen as a good thing. We are creatures of order. And when things are not in order, it can feel wrong, disjointed, yeah. or even out of place. Yep. A restaurant that is running around chaotically is not one that you would say is a thriving restaurant. <clears throat> this is all I have for now. Um, but I know Bruce has another example of, uh, things being out of order. Well, at least I thought he did. Uh, did I take <laughs> well, it I, I or would. something? No, no, no. I would. Okay. Okay. No, okay. For sure. But we are at 30 minutes. So. Oh, uh, that's true. I I'm think those two that. examples were spot on. No, no, no. Dude, you're literally like right on time. That was pretty incredible. Um, I don't think I've ever well timed a monologue that well before. So that was great. Sweet. Jake, that was tremendous. I should let you take over the discussion topics more often. Oh, wait, you do. So it's great. It's awesome. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah. So this is really cool. I hope you all got a lot out of this. Um, definitely go back and check out some of the things that he listed, some of the verses. Um, check those out. Bookmark them. Write them down. Those are some great insights. I appreciate it. I learned a lot actually today just just listening to you. So that was that was awesome. Um, and I hope you in the audience uh, feel the same way. You can share your thoughts with us. Again, I'll give the email address. trdshow at protonmail.com. Send us an email. trdshow at protonmail.com. Uh, check out our show website, trdshow.net. We got a form there. If you want to fill that out, you 
don't want to send us an email, that, you know, that's fine. We won't, we won't feel too hurt if you send us a message from the website. I will. Uh, check out <laughs> Jake will. But I, I won't feel horrible. Uh, Jake's going to feel absolutely miserable for a day or two. But <laughs> I think he'll get over it if you send it through the website. Um, but uh, check out our episodes, trdshow.net slash episodes. We got all of our episodes for free there, which is awesome. And uh, our series. We have a series library, a collection of a whole bunch of different series is, 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 series that are there. So check those out. Um, they're cool. As always. How would you thank spell you also that? So- I, it's, there's no, there's no additional a lot things. of S's. I think it's, it, oh, really? yeah, yeah. Or there's a sky comma. I don't know. There's, there's like, like an asterisk ways. there. There's like a line yeah, to show you. That you if gotta, it's possessive. Zzz, yeah. You know, you we don't, don't have time to get into the, 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 oh, the intricacies okay, yeah. of grammar yeah. at the moment, but there would be some, another maybe episode, some Z's. perhaps. Yes. Yes. You could throw some Z's in there and some C's with E's and do it with ease. Anywho. Um, Thank you all so, so much for watching or listening to us today and dealing with our zany hijinks. Um, We're going to be back on Monday to discuss current events once again from a biblical perspective. But, uh, you know, until then, have a great rest of your weekend. Or talk about fries. We might do that too because Culver's is always better and it will always win. Have a uh, wonderful Lord's Day. And I'm cutting Jake off there because I don't want him to say that McDonald's is better. And uh, remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. Don't say a word. Oh. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs>